welcome to a special bank holiday edition of Shooting the Shit. This is our feminism and business chat. And today we are joined by a very special guest. Say hello, Annie Beals. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, those of you who are regular viewers of Shooting the Shit will notice that Annie is not one of our regulars. Annie is actually um, a childhood friend of mine and Hannah's. So when we were little, our mums were, were best friends. They actually, they, they became best friends because uh, our mum was having Hannah in the same hospital that your mum, Annie Maureen, was having your brother, Matthew, and Matthew and Hannah were born on the same day. And then they were friends until my mum died a few years ago. But oh, we all, we kind of grew up together, didn't we, having those those horrendous, like, family things <laughs> where the parents would just get completely rat arse and yeah. we'd be there causing absolute havoc upstairs. Yeah. And we'd always <laughs> like really <laughs> the grown-ups and try and kill them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, leaving traps for the grown-ups. God, do you remember when we put like um wire across the top of the stairs and waited for somebody to fall down them? Yeah. That could have gone really Fortunately, long. I know. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we did did rethink and take it down eventually so nobody died but there you go that's how uh, vicious we were but anyway we're not here today to talk about our childhood escapades we are here today to talk about women in sport so i must admit i do not play a lot of sports i have done sports in the past i did gymnastics i've done horse riding i'm not a particularly sporty person though and um, but hannah you're quite sporty aren't you tell the people about your sporting prowess <laughs> I don't know that I'd say I've got prowess, um, but I am quite sporty. I do enjoy playing sport. I play netball and I uh, just started taking Naya out to knock a ball around a tennis court and I work out whenever I can and have always done some sort of activity. Um, but yeah, played netball and hockey and stuff in school and then I've just got back into netball. Yeah, and you were you were the one that everybody else used to have to run away from, basically, because their ankles were not safe with you around, were they? Especially with a hockey stick. With a hockey stick, yeah, yeah, skilled <laughs> <a> player. <laughs> Just bash. Um, and Annie, tell us about what you do. Um, I've always, I mean, I've always been into sport. You know, growing up into school and just kind of. Uh, hobbies on the side and um, always done a lot of sport but more recently um, while I've uh, been out here I um, I actually got into arm wrestling quite weirdly um, kind of fell into it um, I wasn't I didn't yeah. seek it out but I uh, started doing it and was introduced to it by a friend um, Turned out I, I was pretty good at it. This was about five years ago. Um, and then two years ago, um, I actually won the Canadian National Championship. Yeah. So, Amazing. And we well, haven't had a Nationals, unfortunately, in the last, last year or this year. So I'm still the champion. Well, <laughs> so Annie, you say you fell into it. I mean, I, I obviously, we're friends on Facebook and I remember you from, from what I have seen of your story, you literally just, somebody challenged you to an arm wrestle one day and you thought, all right, go on. And then you were quite good at it. And then you started going to championships. Is that literally what happened? Uh, kind of, but not quite. So what really happened was um, friends of ours were getting married. We were at their wedding and um, the groom had grown up arm wrestling. His dad was a champion. He has like five brothers. So they, they arm wrestled a lot as kids. So at the wedding reception, they whip out some arm wrestling tables 
and me being competitive and I climb a lot and at the time I was a whitewater rafting guide so I was like oh I might be good at this um, so I walked over I had a go and they were like oh you're pretty good you should do something about this and I didn't do anything until a while later my friend kind of dragged me over to a tournament and kind of entered for me so that I would do it. Um, and then I actually came second in that tournament, um, quite surprisingly to myself. Um, yeah. And then so at that tournament, there's a very big, there's a, there's a very close knit community, like where I live um, in like the province of arm wrestlers, because we see, we see the same people at all the tournaments. Um, so a lot of the guys there, you know, some of them had been doing it for 20, 30 years. Um, so they were like, you should really do this. You've got so you've got talent, you should train. And so I did, and then it just went from there. Well, I mean, and then women wrestle against each other. Um, they can, in the sense of um, the reason why I have arm wrestled the men is because sometimes at the tournaments, there isn't a good turnout the women you know i might turn up and i might be the only woman um or maybe there's two women but we're they're in very different weight categories or something like that so then i would enter the men's um and they would allow me to do that i mean they wouldn't allow the men to come and enter the women's <laughs> uh, competition um but if a woman wants to step up and enter the men's then they will allow that and is that because like weight is a big is a big advantage? Yeah, I mean it's it's separate. The men's and women's competition is separate, and it's all in weight categories. Um, but like I said, sometimes at a smaller tournament, if there just aren't enough women, it's just to give us a chance um, to actually get there and be able to pull rather than just have to sit and watch. Um, so yeah, obviously there's a difference in men and women and how we're built and strength and testosterone and all that kind of thing. So it is separated and, and it wouldn't, you don't see it happening um, at like a national level or anything like that. It's just usually happens at, at a local tournament. So what, what are the skills, Annie, that you need to be a good arm wrestler? Is it purely just strength that's in your arm and your shoulder? Or is there some sort of skill? Because you say you were just, you know, you tried it and you were really good at it. Is that because you had really strong arms? Or is there some sort of secret skill Honestly, to doing it? With arm wrestling, strength helps, right? Like in any sport, if you have some strength, it's gonna it's gonna be to your benefit. And I do have so I, I do have good upper body strength, um, but there's a lot of technique involved in it. Um, and um, that the technique is what is really going to help you progress. So you might have a, you might be a little bit ahead of, say, five random people who start arm wrestling if you have good strength. Um, but the technique is what is really going to make you progress and make you like step into that elite. Uh, elite level. There's a lot of small little nuances that um, as time goes on, the more and more you do it, the more you learn. And uh, that's what that's what really made me stick with the arm wrestling. It, you know, it feel, obviously it feels good to win at the beginning when you don't really know what you're doing and that kind of thing. But once I started to learn it, I kind of started to understand how much technique there is involved with it. And um, that's what I really enjoy about it. 
Rachel's frozen. Um, so do you find then that when you're pitted against men, you're pitted against, so like they kind of pick the weight, so you're of a, a similar weight as a man? Yeah, I would have to, and there there isn't always, usually if I'm going to go into the men's tournament, which which I don't do often, but I have done a couple of times, um, I might have to step up. Uh, I'm in the kind of light to middleweight women's, so there isn't necessarily a men's category at every tournament that is would be what my weight is. Um, just because you, they would it would have to be a, a, a lightweight men's category, and there might not be any men at that weight. So maybe when I have done it, I've had to step up to like the next one. Um, but it doesn't really bother me. Yeah, but it's, it's like going in. You don't at that point. What I just see it as practice when I'm doing that because I have nothing to lose at that point. Mm. Yeah. So then, how do people? How have like your friends and family, and especially like we should say you're in Canada, and um, mm -hmm. so like how have kind of friends and family reacted to it? To you saying, you know, I'm going to be an arm wrestler when I grow up. Amazingly, I've like everyone is super supportive and really um, just kind of excited for me and um, just just happy for me. Really, like. You know, everyone is just everyone like at the beginning and even now it's just it's a bit of a shock. Or even if I'm telling like new people that I meet, they're like, What? You? You're an arm wrestler? I mean yeah. most people don't even know that it's a competitive sport, you know, more than just arm wrestling someone in the pub or something, you know? Um so um once they find that out and then once I talk to them about it, they're they're, they're like really excited about it. Yeah, I had no idea that it was a competitive sport. And like, I mean, I know I've not seen you probably since I got married. And you know, mm -hmm. you're not you're not like a big woman, are you? You 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 know, you're slender, you're not particularly tall. So it, it does like, you know, when you think of well, particularly when I think about an arm wrestler, I would imagine, you know, someone built and stocky and you just don't fit into that image. Yeah, I mean that's mind. your stereotypical like yeah. No, that's I mean, that's what I would have thought too, right? But like I said, because there's weight categories, I mean, at a national and like even international level, there's even women much smaller than me doing it, you know? But and then on the other spectrum, there are those big, bigger, more um, uh, macho looking guys, right? There is that like more stereotypical view and they, they exist and they do arm wrestle, but then so do the smaller people, so. Annie, I'd like is there kind of cross pollination between arm wrestlers? Because when I, just as Hannah just said there, when you think of an arm wrestler, I tend to think a little bit probably of like women who are doing bodybuilding, you're quite hench. Is there a kind of typical woman who goes into it, and will, and will they likely be doing other sports? Because like you said, you do rock climbing, you do kind of whitewater rafting, you're very outdoorsy sporty, aren't you? But yeah. not necessarily, you know, built like a brick shit house. So. Who do you encounter when you're at these at these competitions? Honestly, there's all types of women doing it. I can't say, oh, there's a particular type of woman. Honestly, if I think of the people that I know within within Alberta, so like the province that I live in, um, there's every woman there. There's there's myself. You know, I'm not. Um, I do love sports and I love to be outside, and uh, but I'm not, you know, some super hench woman. Um, but there's there's people who um, love to bodybuild who are doing it, and then there's the other end of the spectrum of 
you know, people who would just be, I don't know, out playing football or something, and they're, they're having a go. So yeah. there's yeah. a whole spectrum of people. Hannah, who, who, what type, sorry, Hannah, who, who, who goes to your um, netball? What are, the, what are the women like who are your netball team? Just massively varied. Um, some people just play netball, some, and not everyone is the same sort of shape. Um, some people play it five nights a week and absolutely fucking love it. Some people, um, you know, like me, just play it once a week just because it's more fun than, you know, working out at home or whatever. Yeah, and all ages, all shapes, all fitness abilities. You know, most people that do it have got some sort of fitness level because I think you have to be fairly into something to want to go and haul your ass out and play netball every week. Um, so, yeah, but it is, it's just all different sorts of women. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Because I would think they would tend to be, you know, women who are also maybe playing football or maybe playing volleyball or, you know, some sort of other team sports. And then you you absolutely do. You get this kind of stereotype in your head of, of what what the, what these women that do that are going to look like. And it's cracking. I mean, the whole thing about, I don't, you might not have seen this, Annie, but we have a, a campaign in, in the UK called This Girl Can. And it was started by, I think, Sports England um, a few years ago. And they run adverts on the telly, basically encouraging women to get into sports. And their whole thing is that there are women of all ages, all shapes and sizes, all colours, you know, women who are on their period, women who've got hairy legs. And it's just basically, you know, get out there and play sports. And that's exactly what it's trying to tackle. It's trying to tackle that stereotype that we have in our head of, oh, well, if they're a sporty woman, they're probably going to be a little bit macho and built like a Brickshire house and blah, blah. And it's yeah, cracking, it? all the time. yeah, like when you introduced me then and you said you're sporty, I thought, am I? <laughs> like, I don't think, like, I look, I don't look sporty. I'm not, I'm not going to six pack unless it's like a six pack of buns. I've got like, you know, I'm just not a sporty looking person. I don't wear sportswear. I don't wear athleisure. I won't be fucking seen dead in trainers unless I was actually running. So I think like there is this stereotype about sporty women and they're always a little bit, um, you know, the stereotype is often that one, you're going to be really fucking skinny and two, you're going to be a bit like driven and demanding and a bit, you know, like if you're especially like at Annie's level of sport where like you're really fucking good at it. I guess there's this stereotype that you are going to be, you know, just a difficult woman. Um, and I think the thing is, though, to, I mean, to some extent, and, you know, I, I don't mean this with any kind of knowledge whatsoever, but you do fit a little bit. Because when when I did find out, Annie, that you were doing arm wrestling, at first I thought, what? Like, where the fuck did that come from? But then I thought about it and I was like, oh, no, well, she does, she, you know, she climbs mountains and she goes down white water. I mean, you specifically went out to Canada in order to follow that career, didn't you? To become a, a kind of outdoorsy, sporty person and, and teach it. Um, and so then I was like, oh no, that makes sense actually. I know she's quite a sporty person. And you're right, Hannah, it's that, it's that, uh, it's stereotyping, isn't it? It's absolutely stereotyping. Do you find, Annie, that um, a lot of the women who, are, who you do encounter, will they be doing lots of other types of sports? Will they be sporty women? Or do some of them, they'll do an arm wrestling competition and then they'll spend the rest of the month sat on the sofa eating burgers like uh, is there that real range yes and no um for you know you at the tournaments at the local level we do try and like encourage new women um to come and to come and enter and have a go because there's always an amateur level tournament and a pro level tournament 
So for amateur level, anybody can come up and enter. So if there happens to be a woman who's come along to watch someone else, then she can come and enter. When the pro level, that's where you see those women, and they're not just arm wrestling once a month. Um, in, in the pro level, there's nobody arm wrestling once a month and then sitting on the couch for the rest of the time. They take it very seriously. Um, and they're training multiple times a week. They're training on their own at home. They're training with a team. Um, and, it's, and it's taken very seriously, um, which I think is, is part of the stereotype for arm wrestling, that it, it's not serious. Um, it's just it's a bit of a laugh and it's a fun thing because it's something that we all did at school and you do it with your mates in the back garden and you know it's like that quick little competition that you have between your friends and it's fun um, but then at that pro level it's it's very very serious and those people are full-on athletes you know they're not yeah. doing it once a month or whatever I wanted to ask you about this actually because you're absolutely right. Arm wrestling has a little bit, it's a little bit like darts, isn't it? It's a little bit yeah. like one of those sports that you can do whilst you're all down the pub having a pint. Um, mm -hmm. And it's got that kind of, uh, you know, um, impression about it that it's a little bit, it's not a real sport, it's not a proper sport. Yeah. So, do you find that? I mean, I don't know how, you know, if you're doing an arm wrestling tournament, are there other sports going on around you? Do you ever find that, you know, people who are doing other sports, they look down on you and they're a bit like, well, what you're doing, you know, it's not proper, is it? Have you, have you ever encountered that attitude? Um, I don't think they look down on it. I just don't think it enters into their head that it's a proper sport. So, I yeah. don't think they, they look at it and go, oh, no, that's not. That's they're just having a laugh. They're just like, oh, I didn't even realize it existed as a sport. Um, which is one of the things that arm wrestling as a sport in as a whole is trying to do is to to bring it into that arena um, where it is recognized against other like power sports, you know, like powerlifting, weightlifting, and all that kind of thing. That that it is a bona fide sport, you know, and it's not just people getting together and having a laugh well exactly because it, as you just said it requires a level of skill and it's the same with weightlifting or you know any of those those things yes you, of course they they require um you know strength but if you don't do it in the right way you're not gonna make any progress at it you know you know, you're gonna injure yourself amongst anything else so mm -hmm. is that is it is it a sport i don't you know i don't know i'm, I'm not well up on the olympics is, is it a sport that goes to the olympics is it well recognized you know are there international tournaments and things like that there are international tournaments um so there is like um there's world championships which i did like so in 2019 when i won the nationals i qualified for the world championships and i, I did go to them so they were in romania so i went to romania and I placed ninth in the world at those. Um, thank you. <laughs> so there are world level tournaments and they're, um, they're amazingly produced compared to like, you know, what we do at like, a, you know, a local level. So it's great to experience something like that. It, it isn't in the Olympics at the moment, but there is a committee that are, that are trying to get it into the Olympics. Yeah. yeah, and so when you were at the kind of world on the world stage, did you ever feel that there was a difference between the men and the to the way that the men and the women were treated? Um, I think the only like 
when I'm there, like in person, I don't necessarily feel treated differently. It's just the the I feel the women's tournament doesn't necessarily get as much media attention as the men. So like in person, I'm not looked down on. I don't feel like you know the that they don't care about me as a woman arm wrestling as much as the guys. Um, because like I said, there's that, the community there is so, it's so welcoming and everybody is out there supporting everybody else. Um, but the women's co competition is drastically smaller than the men's. Um, I think because it's seen as this macho sport where like Rachel said, you know, like we step, we imagine, you know, the, in our um, maybe quite much and most women don't want to look like that you know they don't want to necessarily even appear to be strong physically um, so it's hard to get women into the sport for that reason um, because they don't you know they don't want to have really big muscles because they don't want to look manly um, yeah I think that's how it's treated differently is that, you know, because there is, it's so much smaller, um, like the, the women's competition compared to the men, that it just doesn't get as much attention. So that is the same for everybody there. So this is, this is you know, generally I'd like us to come on and, and talk a little bit more about kind of the, 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 the disparity between men's sport and women's sports, which, you know, obvious, it's glaringly obvious to anybody with two eyes, uh, the difference in that. But um, I was listening to, I, I went to a Sir Optimist talk a few years ago and one of the ladies who was, who was talking to us, she was one of the first players for, for Preston North End women's team. And bear with me, I will get to a point here. But the, the Preston North End women's team was uh, it, it, one of the most powerful team football teams in the world before the Second World War, and they went absolutely everywhere. They were semi-professional. They had more money than the men's team. You know, the people. Uh, she showed us photographs of the ground from the the 1930s, and she showed us photographs of the men's. Uh, FA Cup final and the women's FA Cup final and there were you know a, a few hundred met people watching the men's and there were hundreds of thousands of people watching the women's and it was it was massive and it was only because of when when the Second World War happened and um, when they when all the men came back the FA said well hang on a minute we need something for these men to do and you know they've all been at war and we need to we need to give them a helping hand so they completely illegalized illegalized that's not a word is it, is it made legalized no well no the other the opposite they made it illegal for oh. women and so the men's team got all the money it, it got all the advertising it got all the promotion and, and it become what the FA Cup is now which is, you know, an absolute money-making cash cow phenomenon. And the women's football was completely relegated. And it was purely because of that, because they all wanted to give the men a bit of something to do on a Saturday after the war. But, you know, her, it was fascinating listening to her story of how popular women's sport have been. And that has happened in pretty much every single sport. Either it started off where women were thought, well, you know, they can't play sports because it's going to damage their wounds. And, you know, they, they might, they might won't be able to have babies if we've got women running around playing sports. And they came up with all of this pseudoscience to kind of back this up. 
or they just thought, oh, we can make more money off men or there are more men or whatever and, and, and went that way. And so women's sport entirely has been sidelined. Now, I was reading an article just before about how the last 10 years has seen phenomenal advances in women's sport. So for the first time, we've got women having professional contracts to play rugby union and to play football and for uh, golf and cricket and all the rest of it. But still... You know, the, the 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 men's FA Cup final, men's finals of sports were pulling phenomenal amounts of money in sponsorship, phenomenal amounts of television viewers, and the women's just gets completely relegated. Um, I was doing, in fact, a search just before we came on, I searched for women in sport on just on Google, a normal search, and the questions, the most asked questions that came up were, uh, what do women in sport do? Are women interested in sports? And what sport can girls play? And that is in 2021 that those are still the most commonly asked questions, which is just fucking phenomenal, isn't it? So, Annie, after all of that rambling, this is my question. This has anyone soliloquy. No, sorry. Um, has anyone ever said to you, or have you ever kind of got the impression from somebody that you shouldn't be doing it because it's not a very feminine thing to do? You know, it's, it's a bit of a manly thing. Maybe you should be doing some sewing or something. Uh, no, I've never like on a personal level. No one, no one has ever said, "Oh, you shouldn't be doing that." I think um, like they've been the opposite of that, honestly. Men and women are both really supportive and and really happy for me with what I'm doing. The problem comes with actually recruiting more women. So yeah. that's where what you're saying comes in because that's what they see. You know, like can women play sport? And we're laughing at that. And it's like, what what sport can women play? But then that is the mindset of a lot of a lot of women because yeah. that's yeah. how it's portrayed in the media and that's what they see when they search on Google. So yeah. then they think, yeah. oh, I shouldn't be playing sport. And you know, maybe I can only play a sport for a girl. And yeah. so yeah. then it, it, it puts them off. So, so that's where the problem comes in is to actually, you know, get more women into the sport is really difficult, especially when it is a sport that is typically dominated by males. You know, well, I think it's really much easier to recruit people for netball because we all played netball because it's a girls' sport. And this is what I wanted to ask her actually. Why did you pick netball? Why did you decide that you were going to go back and join a netball team? As a grown-up? Yeah. yeah. Well, because I played it at school and I liked it at school and I was good at it. But, like, um, I was talking to my friend a few months ago about women's football and he was like oh, i don't watch women's football it's rubbish it's boring and i was like what and he said the skill level is less than the like the women at football aren't as good as the men at football because there's no women's or there aren't as many women's girls academies so they're not being trained from a young age boys like if you're going to get picked up to be a footballer when you're a boy you'll get picked up at like maybe nine or 10 or 11 and you'll get put into an academy and you'll make your way through and you'll be trained to an elite level. And women, they're not. And mm -hmm. and like, it's starting to change now, apparently. But like, It is starting to change a little bit. I, I know someone whose daughter is, she wants to be at like uh, uh, in the Indian women's team. And she is now, she has been picked up by one of the few girls 
football teams in the country that that will do exactly what you just said. But the problem is, there's like there's there's two or three of them. So that relies on you know her mum has to put aside every single weekend to drive her to wash the you know there's no funding or anything. So again, whilst there there are some opportunities there for for girls to progress into that, they still rely on you coming from quite a nice socioeconomic home where your mum can afford to or your dad can afford to take you to lots of training at the other side of the country. Um, you know, on a regular basis. So yeah, it's still still not equality, is it? Anyway, sorry. No, and I think like facilities aren't as good as well. Like there was that um, video that went viral. I think that was football where they were playing at a tournament and the the men's um, men's training room, they had a full gym and the women's training room was some free weights in the corner of the room. And like, there's just such a disparity. And because of that, the advertisers aren't picking it up as much and because of that they're not getting the funding and it's just a vicious cycle um, absolutely and it, and it comes back but i do think it's really interesting hannah that you said you chose netball because you played it at school it was a game that you were familiar with you had the opportunity yeah. to play it you knew you liked it you knew you were good at it so you went back and did it and i was reading an article that was saying you know if if children at primary school try a sport 79% of them will either play that sport into their 20s or will come back to it at some point in their lives. You know, it will become their thing, they'll identify with it. And the thing is, because we're back to, because we are not letting girls, you know, at Leon's school, they still split them. The girls will go off and do netball and the boys will go off and do cricket. Seriously? Like, how, do we, how do we know that, A, boys aren't going to want to play netball and girls don't want to play cricket? Because once you make that Netball's an awesome game. Like netball has got, well, arguably as much, if not more, skill involved than basketball because you've got to get your feet yeah. right as well as your hands. It's such like a fast-paced, good game. But people just think oh, it's for girls, and it's a girls' game. It's just throwing the well, ball. Well, then on. the boys, then the boys don't want to play, right? The ten-year-old yeah. boys or twelve-year-old boys don't want to play netball because it's for girls. Yeah. yeah. Even though Double. if they do fun, it's it, even if they do play, it's still fun. It's still sport. Yeah. But like you know what the view what what I'm talking about is kind of like the view of women where I am. But then like when I went to the world championships and I saw kind of what things are like in Europe, you know, the the top European arm wrestlers are from from Russia, they're from um Turkey, well this is all world class as well as um a large proportion from like Kazakhstan. And in those countries it's the opposite. So like arm wrestling is seen as something that the girls can do. And you know, there's high schools that they go to that are specific for arm wrestling. So they yeah. are they're recruited like football players. Yeah. Um yeah. and there's a lot of women who do it. It's interesting though, like those three countries that you named have got like a strong industrial like background and heritage, haven't they? Where like strength was mm -hmm. admired in men and women. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you were strong, then you would get on well in life because you could be forging steel and digging up coal and stuff. Um, and even today when you go to the Olympics, you know, the, the shot putters and the, the throwers and discus throwers and all the rest of it, you, you know, the best ones, male or female, will be from those countries still. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting, isn't it? And I think, mm -hmm. I hope that um, like the next generation coming up get more opportunity to touch lots of different sports and play lots of different sports. And I think like just being sporty shouldn't be something that's bad like like when i was growing up if you were sporty you were butch 
and um, you know, I was I was both, unfortunately. <laughs> and, um... But again, I mean, we grew up in the era of the Spice Girls, and you had Posh Spice and Baby Spice and Juice Spice and Sporty Spice, and still, you know, like all of the other ones. Yeah, it's all right for girls to be babyish and and posh, and you know, even Ginger. That's acceptable for girls these days. But you know, girls. <laughs> She was even then, she was like the weird one, once she because she was always in a cap of pants with her poppers down the side. Um, and and you're right, it was like she was the, the non girly one. It's like, why can we not have girly and sporty? Who decided these two things were completely separate? The patriarchy decided it. <laughs> the patriarchy, the bloody patriarchy again. <laughs> So, Annie, even though you do arm wrestling, do you also like makeup and shoes and handbags and brushing your hair? I like some of those things. I would. <laughs> I was always like when I grew up. I actually really liked Sporty Spice. And I, whenever you know, when you were kids and you were playing the Spice Girls when you were nine years old, I was always Sporty Spice, and I was happy about it. Like, yeah. I wasn't, like, the last one to the party where it's like, oh, you've got to be Sporty Spice now. But that was, like, my pick. I, maybe I just wasn't aware. I think I was just oblivious to, um, I guess, the, you know, these stereotypes of things because it really didn't bother me. And I'm not, I'm not super girly, but I still like to dress up every now and then. You know, I don't wear makeup. I don't really do my hair. I wear makeup maybe three times a year or something like that if I'm going to a wedding. But... Other than that, I don't. Um, but I still, I still am feminine. Yes, you know? exactly. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, I, I am girly. I still like to wear dresses now and then. And maybe I'm not, you know, I'm not as feminine as some other women, but neither is everybody else. You know, there's a, again, there's a whole spectrum. So I definitely wouldn't call myself butch. So, exactly. And, and this is exactly it, is it. We've got to normalize that you can be sporty and, and you don't have to be labeled, you know, oh, she's a tomboy or whatever. Yeah. You know, this is it. That the femininity and women come in all shapes and sizes, as do boys. And just yeah. because boys like playing netball and brushing their hair doesn't mean that oh they're, they're really girly and really feminine it's crappy exactly. it's okay to have muscles like do you remember when madonna like whipped out her yes. ones and everyone went fucking tits and said that she was too muscular piss oh. off yeah yeah, yeah. i think that's a big, a big problem with that's the biggest problem with recruiting women into the sport that i do is so they, they don't, don't want to appear manly right and, and again, why having, you know, I remember when my friend Kerry Wiggles from school, she she did um, blacksmithing at Myersco yeah. College for, I think, two or three years. And she was built like an absolute brick shithouse after she, you know, her arms were huge. But because she was doing a manual job that required a phenomenal level of skill, and that's, you know, obviously she's not, well, not obviously, but she isn't a blacksmith now. Um, but she's got that, that phenomenal skill, which is at the risk of being lost. And again, everyone was like, oh, you, you know, yeah. how are you going to buy tops to fit you? You're not going to look nice in a nice dress if you carry on doing that. And like, the thing for me, though, is that it actually had the opposite effect on me. Like, I grew up, as a kid, I started climbing. So because I was climbing regularly, I was quite, I've always been quite upper body built compared to, like, the rest of me. And I used to hate my arms, even though they were toned and um, I did have muscles, I didn't like them because I felt that they were big. 
and they're, they're not big and they've never been big like huge but they were bigger than maybe other parts of my body in, in proportion if you know what I mean mm-hmm. um I didn't like them but then when I started arm wrestling I actually became like proud of them because yeah. well, they were um well they were working for me yeah. <laughs> and I things out of them and now I'm the opposite honestly so in like five years even it's had the opposite effect on me and my, my arms are bigger now than they were when I didn't like them and they're more toned and they're more muscular but now I'm like now I want to show them off and now I'm proud to show them off yeah Good. it's funny it is funny isn't it because I, I always had quite muscly arms and I suppose they, they still are a bit in comparison to the rest of it but because I rode uh but Hannah and I did horse riding and I always had really fast horses so I was always having to pull them back so I had really big arms whereas Hannah always had a really lazy pony she was always having to kick around so Hannah had legs like Beyonce <laughs> it, it was like whichever way round you are you know, we were taught to feel a bit ashamed about that. And, yes. you know, oh, you shouldn't have muscle, you shouldn't have big thighs like Beyonce and all this. It's crackers. It really is. Um, anyway, time is marching on. So, um, Annie, how are we going to encourage girls to get into your sport? And by girls, I mean young girls in primary school, teenage girls, girls in their 20s. What, what do we need to do, in your opinion? Um... I get How are we going to fix words? <laughs> That's a big question. Um, it comes down to breaking down, breaking down those stereotypes and breaking down those barriers. And I mean, you need you need people who are going to advocate for the support for the sport, right? And and I think. That's what we need more of. We need more people who, who there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of grunt work to get, you know, to get these girls into the sport. And and if at tournaments, you know, if young girls are seeing the women not really wanting to do it, then they don't want to do it either. So mm-hmm. it's about changing attitudes, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I, for me as well, I think it's a, it is about getting them young, isn't it? As we've shown, you know, if you if you teach children or let children play a massive variety of sports and that's kind of athletics or game sports doesn't matter what but they will eventually find something that they like because this is the other thing as well you get kids that go i don't like sports i'm not sporty when actually they don't like cricket or rugby and that's all they haven't they haven't had the opportunity to try anything else so they don't know what they like. So well, they just don't even like their PE teacher sometimes it's just that they don't like having to put on the PE uniform um, yeah. yeah, I think um, like role modeling good behaviors is dead important as well. Like, you know, show your kids that there's absolutely nothing wrong with being with playing sport and it doesn't have to be your personality. You can just enjoy kicking a ball around or, you know, whatever it is, playing catch or whatever, just embed it. Like absolutely nothing in the world feels as good as being fit and healthy and like taking care of your body and, uh, and it's, and it's just so important and you know don't don't like let your kids feel like that's not something that's to be kind of strived for exactly and you don't even have to you don't like you said you don't have to play a sport if you don't want to people like i'm not sporty i don't play anything but you know you can still enjoy working out yeah you can still enjoy exercising maybe you just don't like um to to actually compete but, and I think that people are like, oh, I'm not sporty. I don't, you know, I don't compete in anything. 
Well, you're still active. It's about being active because I don't I don't play a sport. I do a little bit of Pilates, uh, but I don't play a sport. But I have an hour outside every single day, at least where I am mucking out horses and I'm taking the wheelbarrow backwards and forwards and I'm getting fresh air and I'm out in the open. So again, going for a walk, going for a run, all of these things are being active. So it doesn't have to be group sports or you know any, even anything constructive it's just getting yourself moving in whatever way that is and we've just got to um let people understand that actually even if all you do is go for a walk 20 minutes a day that is being active that is being sporty that is enjoying it stop having these silly labels yeah definitely mm -hmm. i think on the this girl can website there's loads of listings for local sports clubs and stuff that you can get people of all ages into yeah, there are on this girl can on Sports England websites. There's loads of stuff and stuff for kids as well because obviously half term is coming up this week, but the summer holidays as well. There are so many free things that are going on that get children out and about and trying different things. Also, I don't know where where anyone else is, but here in Lancashire, the the Lancashire Adult Learning puts on free webinars for for children during the half term. So even if they are locked down with COVID or they're isolating, you can get online and you can do a little bit of a, a PE class or a sports class and still be active and, and engaging with other people so have a look wherever you are there will be something like that on offer um in every area but yeah just move get outside move basically shift your ass shift your ass yeah okay that's it thank you so much thank you annie it's been so long yeah it's been really nice i really enjoyed and, uh, it keep winning world championship titles <laughs> yeah right we're back in two weeks what are we talking about in two weeks hannah fuck knows who knows? Who knows? Uh, in the meantime, thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you soon. Wait! Wait!